Embark on a journey of faith, fellowship and discovery with Vision Tours as you experience Australia's rich Christian heritage firsthand. Visit Christian heritage sites and museums in Sydney and across the Blue Mountains on this 10-day tour. Understand the people and events that shaped the fledgling colony with Outback historian Dr Paul Rowe. Join like-minded people this November with Vision Tours. See tour dates, highlights and inclusions at vision.org.au slash tours. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. Leading the way brings you to New England, the historic D.L. Moody Center in Northfield, Massachusetts, providing the setting for praise and preaching. The D.L. Moody Center has long stood at the heart of historical American Christianity and the birthplace of the second great spiritual awakening. And as many cry out in prayer for a new spiritual awakening in our land, we gather on this campus to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, seeking His mercy, forgiveness, and grace. From this small farming community, the birthplace of Dwight L. Moody, our young nation and the world was changed. Even before the advent of modern media, it was estimated Dwight L. Moody preached to 100 million people in his lifetime having a profound influence on the direction of our nation and all its resulting blessings. At the center of this campus is the auditorium where Dwight L. Moody proclaimed the good news of the gospel, trained a new generation of young people to take this good news to the ends of the earth and spent his life joyfully following the Savior. We return to the auditorium for the timeless good news of the gospel featuring a message from Leading the Way President Dr. Michael Yusuf and special music from Grammy Award-winning artist Mac Powell. God, I'm running for your heart. I'm running for your heart. Till I am a soul on fire. Lord, I'm longing for your ways. I'm waiting for the day. Sing it out. Till I am a soul on fire. in this whole church to lift both your hands up high. This is going to be our prayer tonight of many prayers. We're going to sing and pray this together. Lord, let me burn for you again. Let me return to you again. Let's sing this in spirit and in truth. Sing it to the Lord. Lord, let me burn for you again. Let me return. Let me Turn to you again. 
I'm running for your heart. I'm running for your heart. Sing it out. Till I am. Through multiple technologies, the words Dr. Yusuf shared recently at the Moody Center, Massachusetts, were heard around the world. Many joined from nations far and wide to hear the good news of Jesus and pray for an igniting of revival. Listen with me to this powerful message on Leading the Way. I am told that a smart lawyer must never ask a question in court that he does not know the answer ahead of time. And in the Bible, you find God asking questions, questions, some very important questions that throughout the Scripture. In every case, in every one of those questions, God knew the answer, of course, but He asked it anyway. Why? Because God wants to communicate with us human by asking questions in order that He may force us to confront reality. We, by nature, our fallen nature, does not like reality, but God wants us to confront reality. He wants us to arrive at the truth. And today I want to show you from the Scripture some of the most important questions of all times, some of the most important questions that you and I must ask ourselves, some of the most important questions that have ever been asked. But there is one overriding, overarching, absolutely the most important question that everyone, every human being on the face of the earth must answer, and is found in Mark chapter 8, verses 36 and 37. And Jesus asked this most important question, what good is it for a man or a woman to gain the whole world? and forfeit their own soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange of his or her soul? This is the most important question that anyone, young or old, anyone, anywhere must respond to. That is the most important question our Lord Jesus has asked. He has asked many questions. I'm going to show you some of them. But this is the most important one. And guess what? Only Jesus, only Jesus the Christ could ask that question. A pastor cannot ask that question. A priest cannot ask that question. A bishop cannot ask that question. A pope cannot ask that question. Why? Why only Jesus could ask this question? Because Jesus alone knows the value of the world, the value of the creation of the planet Earth. He created it. He alone knows every diamond mine and where it's located. He alone knows where every nugget of gold is to be found. He alone knows how many tons of silvers were created back in Genesis. He alone knows the value of rubies and sapphire. He alone knows where the last drop of oil is to be located. He alone knows where the last undiscovered treasure is. And he knows all of that. And that is why he alone can stack up all of the wealth of the world, all of the treasures of the world, all of the money of the world, all of the riches of the world, all of the wealth of the world. And he'll place them all in one side of the scale. 
And then he places your soul on the other side of the scale. And then he says, only a wise person would refuse to trade his or her soul for all of that. Even for all of the riches of the world. Your soul is the most treasured possession. What good is it for anyone to gain the whole world and then forfeit his own soul? But that's not all. Christ alone can ask that question of every human being on the face of the earth, of all the seven billion plus people. He's the only one who could ask that question to every human being. After all, he created us. Christ alone knows the value of our soul. To him, the human soul is so significant, is so important that he left the splendor of heaven and the glories of heaven because the value of your soul and the value of every created soul he created and placed on the earth. And because of that, he never surrendered his divinity as some people would have us believe. He only surrendered the splendor of his divinity, the glory of his divinity. But he came, lived a homeless life, a poor life. He was sweating blood in Gethsemane. He was beaten until his flesh was black and blue. He was slapped until his body was torn. They were spat upon him and they mocked him. It is because of the value of your soul that the God of glory did all of this. Because the God of power and might to hang helplessly on the Roman cross and then glory to God who rose again on the third day because of your soul. But the question that I have been asked wherever I traveled in the world, I've been around the world over 66 times, and people would ask me, why? Why? Especially when I'm with non-Christians. Why would God leave heaven, come to earth for us humans? Why didn't just God yell from heaven and says, try to be good, y'all, like they do in the South? <laughs> try to reach me the best way you know how. Try to be as good as you can. Try to please me. Try to do more good than bad. You see, that's how people think. But you have to see things from God's perspective. We have to see things from God's perspective, not from the humanistic question. What is God's point of view? Listen carefully, please. God is perfect, and therefore only perfect people can reach God. Now, this is a big problem here. <laughs> we got a big problem. None of us are perfect. None of us can become perfect. We got a dilemma on our hands. Astronauts, when they go to space, they have to wear astronaut suit. They have to wear a space suit. Otherwise, they are toast. <laughs> In the same way, only perfect people can make it to heaven. <laughs> Otherwise, we're toast. And because none of us are perfect, none of us can ever be perfect. And so we are toast, right? But God provided the answer. God provided the solution. God provided salvation. 
The perfect God became man and lived the perfect life, sinless life. Sadly, today, 70% of so-called evangelicals, according to George Bonner, said Jesus sinned. It's a travesty of the times we're living in. That is why we need our light to shine brighter than ever before. So the perfect God came to earth, became a man, lived the perfect life so that everyone who accept him and accept him as Lord and Savior, he can place on that spacesuit. The perfect God carried on the cross the sin of everyone, everyone, everyone who would come to him in humility, confessing and repenting and receiving his salvation. And so we become perfect in God's eyes. Do you know that God looks at you and looks at me through the prism? If you're a believer in Jesus, he looks at you through the prism of Jesus and he sees you perfect. Now, my dear, dear friends in New England, thank you for having me. But I want to tell you, this is the Christian faith in a nutshell. And don't let them tell you anything else. <laughs> Not all that religious stuff. No. Jesus. And Jesus alone. There is no name under heaven by which men can be saved other than by the name of Jesus. The core of the Christian faith says that you can exchange your sin for his perfection that you can exchange your sin for his forgiveness, that you can exchange your guilt for his peace, that you can exchange your restlessness for his contentment, that you can exchange your fear with his faith, that you can exchange your doubt with his assurance, that you can exchange your destination from hell to heaven. Let me tell you, this is the best deal there is. I grew up in the Middle East, and we bargained for everything. I know a good deal when I see one. This is the best deal. This is the best deal. But you also must understand, this is not pie in the sky in the by and by. This is not what Karl Marx called the religion being the opium of the people. No, 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 no. This is not supposed to make us surrender our minds and therefore become zombies like some people think. That is not someone trying to get you to belong to a denomination or to a certain church or a, a Christian institution. No. This is the testimony of millions of people around the world. I have sat, and some people in this room sat with me, in different parts of the world, when we met people who converted to Christ, they literally signed their death warrant. And not just by the authorities, but by their own family. And the joy of the Lord on their faces, saying, now that I know my Redeemer lives, if I die, I go with Jesus. These are the Everyone who had discovered the peace and joy and purpose in life when they came to that exchange. What good is it for anyone to gain the whole world and forfeit 
their own soul? This is the most important question, my friend, which must haunt everyone. Must haunt everyone. Those who are watching around the world and you here in this beautiful Moody Center, it must haunt you until you satisfactory answer it. Why? Because God loves you. And because He loves you, He has provided only one way to Himself. This is not, for those of you old enough, you remember Forrest Gump? And the life is a full box of chocolate and lots of choices? No, there is no choice. God said, because I love you, I provided only one way for you to be accepted by me. Only one way for peace of mind. Only one way to have assurance of heaven. The moment you close your eyes in death, you will be with him for all of eternity. Now, if you're like me, you have heard these false statements. I used to belong to one of the mainland denominations, and God delivered me 30 years ago. And I hear those false statements, and it's repeated again and again and again and again from well-meaning people. And what is that? All ways lead to God. All ways are heading toward God. All roads will lead to heaven. Oh, living by the golden rule is going to get you there. Doing more good than bad will get you there. Now, there's a big problem with that. They're all false. They're all false. I don't care what the statistics said. I don't care how many preachers have departed from the faith. My heart aches for them because I cannot imagine what is awaiting them on the other side. But as for you, you need to know there is only one way. God, because He loved you, He said there is only one way to me, and that's through my Son, Jesus the Christ. There's only one plan for salvation. There's only one Savior. Twenty percent of Christians in America have Christian worldview. I don't know about you, but when I'm alone, I weep. They bought into the lie. They bought into this tragedy. I said earlier, the Bible asked so many important questions. The Bible tried to confront us with reality. God wants us to come to the truth ourselves. And that is why he asked these questions. In fact, in Genesis 3, 9, God asked the very first question, the very first question in the whole of the Bible to our human, first human ancestor. He asked Adam, where are you? After disobeying God, Adam thought that he could hide from God. But here's an important thing. God did not scold him. God did not ambush him. He could have done that. God didn't even condemn him. He said to him, where are you? Where are you? He could have said, you fool. Did not tell you, you stupid man. No, 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 no. God doesn't do that. Don't you know that I can see everything? Don't you know that I know everything? How can you think you can hide from me? That tears me up. Because in the 56 years that I've been walking with Jesus, He's been patient with me. 
This is the character of our God. This is the character of God. He just asked him, where are you? Not because God did not know where Adam was. When God asking someone here today who's listening to me, God is asking someone here today, God is asking someone here today, I believe that with every ounce of my being. He is saying, where are you? Where do you stand toward me? Not because God doesn't know where you are, but because God wants you to come to your confession. God wants Adam to confess and ask for forgiveness, but he didn't. Instead, Adam rationalized his sin and he played the blame game. God wanted Adam to say, oh, yes, Lord, I've allowed Satan to seduce me and disobey you. Forgive me, yes, Lord. I have allowed false ideas about you to mislead me. Yes, Lord, I've allowed more false philosophies to keep me from you. Yes, Lord, I've allowed my own desires and my own selfishness and my own wanting to self-worship that clouded my vision of who you are. And I'm sorry and I repent. God was wanting Adam to say that, but he didn't. God is asking someone here today, where do you stand? Where are you? What is causing you to think that you can run away from me? What is keeping you from my heaven? What is holding you back from experiencing my comfort and my joy and my peace? What is stopping you from knowing me as a loving heavenly father? What is your rationalization of running away from me? Where are you today? Where are you today? God knows, but he's asking the question. And if you have never come to Christ, or if you have known him for many years and you wandered off and the problems of this world has got into you, doubt has crept in, you can say tonight, I come back home. He's inviting you to come. Confess him. He's inviting you to come to receive the gift of forgiveness and eternal life. Will you respond? I pray to God you'll say yes. Thanks for joining Dr. Michael Yusuf for Leading the Way. This episode featured very special content originally shared with those gathered at the historic Moody Center in Northfield, Massachusetts. If the words from Dr. Yusuf sparked questions and you would like to speak further with a friendly member of the pastoral team at Leading the Way, please begin your conversation at ltw.org Jesus. Another way to get a glimpse into what life with Jesus is all about is to look closely into the lives of people who have personally experienced transformation through their relationship with Christ. Well, Dr. Yusuf and the team share stories of transformation and materials to help you dig a little deeper into the Christian life and to what you hear on Leading the Way episodes in the free My Journal magazine. Get your monthly trial subscription started today and begin enjoying each colorful edition. You can call 1-300-133-589 or get My Journal on the way by signing up online, ltw.org. The subscription is free for the asking. Again, the number to call is 1-300-133-589 
or ltw.org. Or you can write to Leading the Way, P.O. Box 1900, Penrith, New South Wales 2751. Leading the Way, P.O. Box 1900, Penrith, New South Wales 2751. Put those hands together, church, come on. I'm running for your heart. I'm running for your heart. Sing it out. Till I am. Lord, I'm longing for your ways. I'm waiting for the day where I am a soul on fire. I'm running. Lord, I'm running. I want to be, I want to be a soul on fire. Lord, remember the Thank you for sharing a moment or two with us today. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Listen again next time for more of this special time at the Moody Centre. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.